Hey, and welcome to the Motherhood Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Lockwood. And if you ever look around your house and wonder where the heck did all this stuff come from and how am I ever going to get it out, you are in the right place. I'm a mom of five who decluttered her home back in 2013 when my family and I decided to move from Alaska to Florida with one suitcase each. And I do not recommend it. What I do recommend is learning how to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist, which means learning to find the balance of what your family needs and wants without it being so much that it overwhelms you on a daily basis. So if that sounds good to you, you are going to love this podcast. Let's dive into the episode. been trying to declutter your house and not been as successful as you like, I am willing to bet that I can help you figure out exactly why. There are a lot of reasons that moms feel like they can't declutter, declutter, whether it's their kids or their spouse or the time or the energy or just simply not knowing what to do, where to take things, how to donate, right? How to do it mindfully, how to not be wasteful. Uh, Plus you're worried about like, what if I need it? You know, I wasted so much money on this. What if I need it again and I can't get it? There is so much that goes into decluttering as a mom. And I promise that if you have thought it or felt it, I have heard it before or experienced it myself. And that is exactly why I created this training called how to create your mom proof decluttering plan. And I've done a lot of decluttering checklists, challenges, courses, programs in the past, and they work. And this training really is the framework for every single thing that moms need to consider when it comes to decluttering their home. It's the plan. We're actually going to build your plan together. It's following through with your plan and it's including your family and even learning how to make this process as enjoyable as possible. Because most people feel like The task is daunting or just another thing on their to-do list, and I don't want it to feel like that for you. So this free training, how to create your mom-proof decluttering plan, you can go to motherhoodsimplified.com forward slash DIY to get it, or you can just check the show notes of this episode and you will find it. Come get it. I know there is so much information about there. A lot of it is much the same. Five steps to declutter your house, you know? Here's the checklist to declutter this area of your house, but none of them really show you the full scope of what goes into doing this start to finish. And that's exactly what's in this training. So go check it out, motherhoodsimplified.com forward slash DIY, or check the description of this episode to go get it today. Welcome to the Motherhood Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Lockwood, and on the surface, I teach you how to declutter your home so you can focus on what matters most to you as a mom, which I'm guessing isn't those laundry mountains, dishes stacked to the sky, and the tornadoes you clean up all day. My hope for this podcast is so much more than teaching you to declutter. I record all of my episodes live and in real time so that you can have the experience of a mom friend who gets you and is there for you. My audio isn't perfect, my kids might interrupt us, but the conversations we have are real, impactful, and proof that there are other moms like you that decluttering has worked for. If you want to join me and thousands of other moms for live episodes, go find us on Instagram and Facebook. 
Just search Motherhood Simplified and we'll welcome you with open arms. See you soon. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's episode where we are talking about the relationship between your kids and their stuff, specifically in regards to decision fatigue and how that affects them, what that is and what it looks like, how it manifests in their behavior and how they treat and care for their stuff, or in other words, how they value their stuff. So the reason that I wanted to talk about this is because a lot of times inside of the Motherhood Simplified community and the group, we get questions about how do I, you know, how do I make my kids clean up after themselves? How do I get my kids to take care of their stuff? How do I get my kids to, you know, not just trash everything? And I am pretty open with you guys that I don't, I don't ever want to be considered somebody that you go to for parenting advice, somebody that you go to like ask for like behavior things coming up and, and all of that stuff. What I focus on and what I teach is how you as a parent can become a leader of your home and set the environment up so that they're more likely to succeed. Because a lot of times for myself included when, you know, as a mom um, and when I was a teacher, the behavioral issues with you, that's what you want to call them that came up and that I had to deal with were largely in part because of the environment, especially for the really little ones, you know, the, the toddler age, the three to five age, when the environment is set up in a way that is difficult for them, you're going to see a lot more things come up like, Hey, Lindsay, destruction, throwing things, yelling, coloring on the walls. Okay. Now I'm not going to say that all of these things are solely because of the environment because I have a toddler who were like, it's in her bones to color. If you guys on the podcast won't be able to see this, but on Facebook, like she's two and she already draws like these little human forms with faces and she just turned two. So as a mom, I know that I need to set the environment up as much as I possibly can for her to succeed and what that looks like for me is not giving her every opportunity under the sun to color on every wall. Because if she can reach something to write with or color with, she's going to reach it. And once she can reach it, she's going to color on everything around her. Walls, carpet, herself, babies, clothes, like all of the things, right? So I could get frustrated with her and be like, oh my gosh, like she doesn't listen to me. She colors on everything. Like it's such a nightmare. She's the problem. When I have to step back and be like, I'll show you guys right now on podcast, you won't be able to see. Maybe I should remove my pens and markers from where she can reach, right? Lessons I haven't learned yet. <laughs> um, anyway, that's just an example of how the environment can, you know, you have to be mindful of how you're setting it up for them to succeed or not succeed. So let's talk about what this looks like in, with excessive amounts of clutter and how it manifests in your kids. Okay. So if there is too much to manage and it's overwhelming for you, it's going to be 100 times 
harder for your kids to manage and harder for them to manage as well, right? So if you are struggling to figure out how to organize the toys, where things go, if you are struggling with finding the time to pick it up, to put it away, to you know, clean it up and organize it over and over and over again, and you can't do it, it's extremely unfair and unrealistic to expect your kids to be able to do it, right? And a lot of times, and I, and that was, that was me. Okay. So don't feel like I'm picking on you. Don't feel like I'm like calling you out. I'm letting you know that that's what it used to be for me. And a lot of times when you guys are posting pictures and asking for advice, I see that old life that I used to live in your photos and in your posts and in your questions. Okay. Because I had a playroom. I mentioned this the other day. And I told you guys about it because I totally forgot about it. But um, my in in our first house in Alaska, my husband and I we had a big master bedroom upstairs, and two other bedrooms. Okay, we had three kids, three bedrooms upstairs. My husband and I were in one. We had the two little ones in another one, and then we had the biggest one in his own room. And they had so much stuff that those two bedrooms were full. Our bedroom, our master bedroom, had toys in it, and the living room had toys in it. And so my husband and I moved our bedroom downstairs into like the family room area, made it this big giant room and gave the kids another bedroom. Okay. And looking back, I'm like, no wonder I was always nagging my kids, nagging my husband, frustrated that they never helped me clean up, frustrated that all I ever did was spend my time cleaning. And no matter what I did, like they were surrounded by all of these toys, yet they were always bored. They were always destructive. They were throwing things. They were running on things. They were jumping, climbing, like absolutely insane inside of the house when I'm like, oh my gosh, like you guys literally have everything you could ever ask for. Why are you bored? Why are you doing this? You know, why are you shredding the papers? Um, And it's because the environment is overwhelming to them and they don't know how to channel that. So they get destructive. They get bored. They get angry. They pick on each other. They fight over things. They see somebody finally playing with something and they're like, oh my gosh, I want to do that. So then they fight over things more. Um, and so, like I said, don't feel like I'm picking you, picking on you, calling you out. I'm just letting you know that that was my life. That was my life. I can tell you these things because I've been there, I've done it and I've found a way out. Right. Um, okay. You guys are saying you agree. You got it. Yes. Kara baby wearing every single day of my life. (laughs) Otherwise, I won't survive. Um, Okay. So that's how it manifests in your kids. And if you are dealing with these kinds of things constantly and chronically, maybe take a step back and don't put put the blame on the kid. Put it on your environment. And there is another podcast episode. I think it's episode like 23. Probably got that wrong. It's probably not 23, but it's called Your Clutter Needs to Shut Up. Because it makes us internalize these qualities about ourselves that aren't true, but then it also makes us internalize these qualities about our kids that are also not true. It's not that our kids are defiant. It's not that our kids are are bad kids. It's not that our kids are feral, right? I mean, some kids are. Like, I have a toddler who definitely would fit the feral description, but we love her, and it's just who she is. (laughs) Um, But these issues that you're having are often 
largely because you're living in a space and an environment with stuff that's working against you. It's making it way, way harder than it needs to be. Okay. So I wanted to give you guys an example of what this feels like for your kids. Okay. Maybe if you guys aren't in the, <laughs> Jessica says I have one too. Yeah, we all have one. Every parent should have one feral child just so that they know how it feels. <laughs> I, it, it was our fourth. So we had three kids and I was like, oh man, these people who talk about like these feral kids, these wild kids who just can't be tamed. I'm sure they're either dramatic or they're, they've done something right. They drank too much coffee while they were pregnant. Then I had Kaylee and I was like, I apologize for everything I've ever said. Because <laughs> um, that's, that's Kaylee. That is Kaylee. Um, <laughs> you guys get it, right? You all have one. If you don't have one yet, maybe you'll be blessed with one. Um, okay, so what this feels like for your kids is, you know how when you go, have you, uh, let me know in the comments if you've been to a Sonic. Okay, we don't eat a whole lot of fast food, but I, I remember going to Sonic a few times and being totally overwhelmed because they literally have like 100 different drinks to choose from, right? Like you can mix these things, you can get it in like a slushy, you can get it in an icy, you can get it with ice, no ice, like a million different flavors, right? A million different combinations. Same thing with their ice cream. Like you can get like 100 different like options for combinations and I just, I know whenever we go there, I just look at it and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what I want. Like all of this looks good. And also none of this looks good. And I eventually just end up like randomly picking something and not being satisfied with it and being like, I should have got something else. Like this really wasn't even that good. I, I'm not enjoying this. Right. That's how it feels for your kids to walk into a playroom that has every single option under the sun. It's overwhelming. It doesn't make sense. It paralyzes them into not making a decision, which is why my kids were always bored despite having a million and one things to do. Um, it's why they were like bouncing from thing to thing to thing. And it felt like they never had any focus and no attention span. And it was just chaos. Too many choices leads them down this path of like indecision and boredom and frustration and dissatisfaction. Honestly, dissatisfaction, I think is a, is, is a really big one that we don't really ever talk about a whole lot in here is that it leaves you really dissatisfied. Even as adults, I, I mentioned it the other day that the more stuff I have and the more stuff I buy and the more things I want, the less satisfied I get with those things. And one of the examples that I like to give is that in Alaska, I would take all of the hand-me-down decor. I would buy all of the thrift store decor. I would get everything on clearance. I would have all of the things in my house. And it was never enough, right? It was a combination of like too much and not enough all at the same time. And it left me really dissatisfied with everything that I had. And the same is true for your kids. They get overwhelmed. They feel dissatisfied. They feel frustrated and even bored because they're like, I, I just don't even know what to do with this stuff. I don't know how to play with it. Okay. So that's how kind of, I hope this is helping you get like an, a different insight into 
the relationship with your, your stuff and your kids and kind of how it works for them, because it's really not that different from how it works for you. And we have Christmas coming up. This is why I wanted to talk to you guys about this before Christmas so that you can work on clearing out your house before new stuff comes in and maybe help you reevaluate like what you actually want to get them for Christmas, how you want it to be set up and those kinds of things. Um, because that is right around the corner and, um, more stuff does not always mean better. More stuff does not always mean more. Um, now the next thing, Hey, Miriam and Lori, Diane, Amber, um, everybody, Carrie, hi, I haven't seen you in a long time, Carrie, if you're still here. Um, but let's talk about how differently your kids treat their stuff when they have less. Um, so I noticed this immediately when we moved from Alaska to Florida and we only brought one suitcase of toys and my kids were two and four at the time. So the fact that my two and four year olds did what I'm about to tell you speaks volumes, I think. And it, was true in the classrooms that I've worked in as well. So when they have less, they value it more and they treat it better and they take care of it and they know how to put it away and they know where it is and they know where to get it and they want to take care of it and they want to play with it. And they, they just treat it completely differently. I remember one of the biggest changes when we decluttered our stuff, because like I said, it used to be the opposite. It used to be that I was constantly nagging. They never helped clean up their stuff. They never put things back. They, they just threw things around and they didn't play with it and they didn't care about it. And they didn't care if it was trashed. They didn't care if it was messy. They, you know, they just didn't care. But when we got to Florida and we had that limited amount, I'm not telling you guys that you have to only have a suitcase, but this is our story. And this is, these are the lessons that I have to teach you guys um, because it was repeated over and over and over again in classrooms and with people inside of this group is that they treat it better. I no longer had to even ask them to put stuff away. They just put it away. They just knew where it went. They wanted to do that. And kids inherently, they want to do that, Right. Just like you as an adult, you want, you want to take care of your stuff. You want to be on top of things. You want to be responsible. Everybody wants that, but it's really hard when you are set, sitting in an environment that's working against you every single day in every single way, right? Um, now, okay, so let's see what Janelle says because I think this is a good clarification that I need to make for you guys because it kind of sounds like they just magically do things and they don't. I'm finding this for my five-year-old. I need to be intentional with what I expect him to do while I'm doing. Okay. So I think I know where you're going with that, Janelle. Um, but just because it made sense for them and just because now they wanted to take care of their stuff, they wanted to help out. It was easy for them to do because they could see where things go and how they get put back. I still have to follow up with them, right? Like I 100% believe that if you are if you are fed up to the point of like, I, there's that meme that floats around and I talk about it all the time. If you are fed up to the point of being like that brown bear, brown bear, what do you see? I see mom in a corner with a trash bag staring at me about to throw away all of their stuff that you need to own that as the parent. Okay. It's not the kid's fault that the house has too much stuff. It's not the kid's fault that they have too many toys and that they keep coming in 
and they have this unrealistic expectation to maintain it when you as the adult can't even maintain it, right? Like I think that as parents, we have to own that. We are the gatekeeper. We are the one that picks and chooses and decides ultimately what stays and what goes. Um, now, once you have simplified the environment and the amount of stuff that you have, and it's to a realistically manageable amount for everyone, you still have to follow up. Okay. You still have to give them reminders. You still have to be like, Hey, it's the, you know, it's the end of the day and everything is out and it is a mess and you've got five minutes till bed and nobody's started cleaning up yet. Like I need you guys to get on board real quick and put all this stuff away, right? Like you still have a responsibility to follow through and make sure that they're doing it consistently and regularly. But when you declutter it, when you simplify it, it's easier for them. It's easier for you. And it's no longer this like battle of like extremes of like, it's all or nothing. You know, it's everything all at once, or I'm throwing it all away. You get into this good flow where it actually works, where they are valuing their stuff, where they are wanting to step up, where they are seeing that it's easy to take care of things. And those are really good lessons. I think that we want, we all want our kids to have growing up, right? Like when they grow up, they're going to have cars of their own that they have to take care of. They're going to have houses. They're going to have kids. They're going to have clothes. Like these are the lessons that you are teaching them, the value of their things and the value of taking care of them. And the final thing that I want to talk to you guys about is that when, when you have less, okay, if you don't have a whole bunch of stuff, you are more inclined to take care of it. Okay. So think about it for like yourself. One of the examples that I like to give you guys is water bottles, okay, water bottles and coffee cups and like Tupperwares. So the, the common idea that everybody gets tricked into is that you need more, right? You need more water bottles and sippy cups because you're going to lose them. They're going to get stuck in the car or they're going to get forgotten in the car or they're going to be forgotten outside or they're gonna roll under the bed and under the couch and they're not gonna be found until three months later, right? Or your husband's gonna take the Tupperware to work and he's gonna leave it there and then, oops, and then you're not gonna have any Tupperware for the next day, but I promise you, because Kaylee has two sippy cups, I have one water bottle. It's a really nice glass, like stainless steel straw one that I love. You take care of it right? When you have less stuff, you take care of it and you don't lose it and you don't misplace it and you don't leave it in the car because you can't, right? You just can't. It makes you take care of your stuff better. And the same is true for your kids. Okay. My kids, I, there was another post the other day where I post, somebody asked about like, um, art supplies. Like I give my, I buy my kids one pack of markers at a time. All right, we get a, the big variety of like all of the different, like 24 different colors all at once, but that's what they have. And somebody was like, oh my gosh, that, that would never work. Like, right. And I'm not here to tell you like how you have to do things or what you have to do. But if you're overwhelmed by these kinds of things, give it a shot because Kaylee colors 24 seven. It is her favorite thing to do. Same with my older daughter, like her and Kaylee color together for like an hour every day. And that one set of markers is enough. And that one set of markers, they know that they have to take care of. Well, Kaylee, not so much because she's two, but my daughter, 
She knows that. So guess what? She's always putting the lids back on them. She's always putting back in the, in the carrying case. Like she's always taking care of them. She's keeping track of them. She knows where they are. And before it just wasn't like that. It was like, oh, it doesn't matter if we leave the lids off. It doesn't matter if we forget these things here and there because we've got others at home and eventually they'll pop up. And it just gets pretty crazy. It gets pretty crazy and pretty hectic. And I'm going to talk about that on this next episode with silent killer to-do lists. (laughs) But it does. It's like these little things, these loose ends in our mind that just kind of rattle around and make us really overwhelmed and forgetful and scattered and uh, it's no different for your kids. Okay, it's no different for your kids. Snow gear. All right, we're moving to a place that's going to have snow again. And you guys think I'm crazy when I tell you that we have one set of snow gear per kid. They're, my kids are older, but having one set of snow gear means that they have to take care of it and they can't leave it at school and they can't forget it and they can't leave it outside. Like they have to keep track of it. Now I will say that I have like these little, like the little thin cotton backup gloves that my kids don't know about because I do understand that like things actually happen, but my kids since implementing this have never lost their stuff. They've never lost their gloves, never forgotten it. Well, my daughter probably has forgotten it at school, but then that just means that she doesn't get to play outside that night. She has to wait until the next day, like natural consequences, right? You forgot your stuff at school. Now you don't get to go outside. (laughs) Right. Um, and she is, she is the forgetful one. So I pretty much expect that she will always be like that. It's just who she is, right? Kaylee is who she is. Breezy is who she is. She's always been that one who's a little bit more scattered and forgetful than everybody else. But (laughs) that is it for this episode. Um, I hope that it was helpful. I hope it kind of shifts the way you think about your kids and the amount of stuff they have and how it affects them. And I will see you guys all on the next episode. Hey friend, did you love this episode? If you did, I would love if you took a screenshot of it and shared it with somebody else. Okay. The whole point of this is to create a community of moms who get each other, who support each other and who, when they find something that helps them, they share it with somebody. So I would love if you shared this podcast with somebody with maybe just a little note about how it helped you or how it inspired you so that it can help somebody else. I would also love it if you left me a review. Leaving a review lets me get better stats on the internet and blah, blah, blah. Basically, it helps me help more moms like you. I would so appreciate it. If you hated this episode, I'm sorry, but I'm also kind of impressed that you listened to it all and you're still listening. So still leave me a review, still share it (laughs) because I'm sure somebody can benefit from it. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Hey, before you go, I have a question to ask you. Would you please leave me a five-star review if you are listening on iTunes? It helps me grow my show and reach more moms like you who are wanting to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist. If you love the show, I would love it if you shared something specific that you find valuable or helpful or that you just enjoy about listening to this show. It would mean the world to me if you took time out of your day to do that. And while you're at it, 
Head over to motherhoodsimplified.com to listen to more podcast episodes or check out our Facebook group, Instagram, just to connect on social media. If you love these episodes and if you love this show, please tag me. I love to connect with you over there. Podcasts are kind of like a one-way conversation where I feel like I'm talking to you and with you. But when you tag me on social media, I feel like we can take that one step further and actually connect with each other, which is the whole point of me starting this podcast and community in the first place is to be able to connect with moms like you who are wanting to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist. So tag me in your Instagram stories. I'm motherhood underscore simplified. Check out the Motherhood Simplified Facebook group or head over to the site and just find even more blogs, podcasts, decluttering courses to help you continue on your decluttering journey. Thanks so much. And I'll talk to you soon.